Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. I have a movie spoiler. It is too big to hide. Like Christoph's proposal, if you heard it, you would have sighed. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be a good podcaster named Maddie D. Ooh. Conceal, don't feel, go with the flow. Maybe after this episode, our audience will grow. Probably let not. them know, let them know. Holding it back makes me sad. Let them know, let them know. Water's memory isn't half bad. Olaf dies, but then realized love is permanent. It's only a spoiler potentially. Wow, you did some work on that. Too bad none of it was focusing on practicing singing. (laughs) (laughs) I will not sit here and be judged. No, that was fantastic. I loved it. It was fantastic. You go explete yourself, sir. Okay. Fair enough. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Wow, that was a little treat for everybody. I actually thought your your spoiler was just going to be... Well, that was in the trailer, Kieran. Oh, okay. We already knew that going in. Right. Okay, yeah. I, wow, there was a lot of spoilers in you. I've sort of realised where my vocal range is, and it's quite narrow. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't think, go high. I think you demonstrated that perfectly. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the show, everybody. If this is your first time listening to the show, stop listening right now, because this is an actual spoilers episode where we go back and revisit a movie that we've covered in the past and see how well we did compared to the actual movie. So typically what we do on this show, the standard formula for the show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. And, of course, like we're doing this episode, eventually in the future we come back, we revisit the movie and see how close we got. So, if you haven't heard our original Frozen 2 episode, I'd strongly suggest going back and listening to that first. And if you haven't seen Frozen 2, and if you really, really want to, I'd recommend going and seeing that movie first as well. I mean, you had the time to go see it. Yeah, it came out in 2019. If you haven't, go back and watch that movie. It came out two years ago, and here we are two years later coming back and revisiting a movie that, I don't know, did anybody really remember this movie? Did anyone really care about this movie? We'll talk about it in a sec, but, you know, we had it on our list in our most forgettable movies list. This was probably front and centre for both of us. Yeah. So yeah, how well I've got I've got to ask you straight away, Matty D, how well do you think this movie did, comparatively speaking anyway? I mean, when you think about it, this movie like a lot of kids would want to see Frozen too. Absolutely. So I'm imagining a it. A lot made, of adults too. It would have made a lot of money, but I don't a think a lot it, of money you say. I don't think it did as well as the first one. You don't think it made as much money as the first movie? No, I don't. Like how much do you reckon it made? Fifty six dollars? Like which was just me saying it <laughs> and buying a tub of popcorn or something. I don't know. How much how much did it make? So, Frozen 2 made $1.450 billion at the box office, making it the most successful animated movie of all time. Mm-hmm. So, you didn't think it did that well? No. Comparatively? No, it's the most successful animated movie of all time currently to this day. Frozen 2 is? Yeah. Really? Yes, absolutely. So, it eclipsed Frozen 1? Absolutely. Well, there you go. It eclipsed every animated movie ever made. So, to this day, this is still considered the most successful animated feature of all time. Wow. Okay. So there you go. Fair enough. You were very wrong. But I mean, I guess a lot of people, because it, it really piggybacked off the success of the first one. So yeah, absolutely. I guess everyone's going to come in and watch yeah. that because. So I think it's just a testament to how successful mm. and how you know big that first movie was. That so many people were coming to see the sequel. Because I think a lot of a lot of the money they made on that first movie is probably DVD sales and things like that. Not many people were coming into the cinemas to watch Frozen. Oh no, the first movie did really well as well. So it well, was, yeah, it I think well, at, when it came out, it was the most successful animated yeah. movie of all time. But then the sequel trumped it. it. Yeah, absolutely. 
So did you see it in the cinemas? No, I did not. I did. Did you really? Yes, I did. I saw it what opening was, day. What was that? You <laughs> saw it opening yes. day? Did you wear your Elsa dress? Yes, I did. I was dressed as Elsa in the audience. So it was me by myself. You at, creep. At 10 a.m. That's on a, so weird. On a Thursday morning. <laughs> Why? With a bunch of little girls and their mums. And I was the only like just man there by himself. <laughs> and so I felt very <laughs> awkward. So- and I've got to say, <laughs> so we, we'll talk about what our, yeah, right. our impressions are of the movie mm. later on. But I did tear up during the movie, I've got to say. Did you? Yes. In my initial viewing. Not so much my second viewing because I rewatched it for this show. You teared up in this movie? Yes, I did. Hard Kieran. Yeah. He never cries. Well, you cry in the cinema a lot. Yeah, right? that's, that's just my thing. So I get cinema more emotional in the, in the cinema for some reason. I don't know why. But I'll, I'll let everybody off the hook and I'll say that the scene that got me to tear up is when uh, Elsa goes into that glacier and she has like the... She's singing like the... What song is she singing? She's singing uh, Show Yourself. Yeah. And then like the, you see the scenes of like her, her family and whatnot. And uh, for some reason that made me tear up. That I don't made know you tear why. up? I don't know why. I, I mean, I didn't like bawl like I was watching Jojo Rabbit or something like that. But I just got a little misty eyed during that scene. Did you have like popcorn butter on your fingers and you yeah, rub your eyes? Or? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was So it. that scene got you? Yeah, it did. So, yeah. Fair enough. I've now seen It's an movie. emotional scene. I've now seen Frozen 2 three times which is something you know is very rare so i saw jojo rabbit three times i saw the joker three times but frozen 2 has reached the lofty heights of me seeing it three times saw it once in cinemas saw it twice yesterday (laughs) i watched it twice for this show yesterday and we'll explain why later so i think it's also important to point out before we get into how well we did that this isn't necessarily a review of frozen 2 i mean we'll break down our thoughts after we've broken down how well we did predicting the plot but We're not going to go over the plot of Frozen 2 beat by beat. We're only going to relate it back to how well we did or how poorly we did in our actual plots. We're only judging ourselves. We're not judging the movie too much. So would you be able to explain our point system for anybody who might not be aware? Yeah, I can. I can. So essentially, the best case scenario for us with our prediction is two points. Yeah, that's right. And we'll get two points if we guess something that there was no information for, but we got it correct in the plot. After that, if we get a point, that is for if we predicted something as it appears in the trailer. So if we saw the trailer and we're like, that's what's going to happen in the movie and we call it in our plots, then we get a point for that. Yeah. And because we we like to be nice to each other, we'll, we'll give each other half a point if we're kind of on the right track, but not completely there. That's absolutely correct. And that'll add Couldn't up- I've said it better myself. That'll add up to see who got overall better in the plot, who got more things right. And I predict, this is just a, an early prediction here, I think there's going to be a lot of half points thrown around this episode. There certainly is. There's not a lot of two points. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I speak oh, for no. my plot, but I can definitely speak for your now, plot. Now, presumably you've seen the movie and presumably you've listened to our original episode, so you already know how well we did, how poorly we did. I want to get into it straight away. Well, can we just say there was one trailer when we... Yeah, that's right. There was, a, the- there was a teaser trailer and then the first official trailer, and both of them essentially had the same information in them. Well, they don't really need to sell the movie. The movie's going to sell itself, right? So all That's they were right. going to do is, here's some pretty visuals, here's some pretty songs. You're getting Elsa, you're getting yep. Olaf. You know, it's what it's what you want. So there wasn't and really- it worked. Yeah, there, it did work. It absolutely worked. But there was no to information- the of $1.450 billion. Yeah. But there's no information or no insight of what the plot was going to be. So we were going in completely blind. Yeah. And they were really holding their cards close to their chest as well. They didn't want to reveal anything about this movie. And I, I think I know why. But Me too. Let's, let's see how we did actually compared to the real movie. Yeah. Now, I went first in that original episode, so I think you're going to break down how 
how I did. You did. First you did. Of all. Let's I'm talk super about, excited. Let's I'm talk super about excited. your plot. Let's talk about your plot. A plot that you said you were not confident with at all. I was not. And you said if I, I watched the trailer, I was just like, I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. Are you, and you read the original Snow Queen, yes, the original right. Ice Queen book as like help to get context. Yeah, like, and that didn't help. What? <laughs> all right. But you said if you get one like thing Like you right- can speak Mr. Norse mythology. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when we don't have any information, we go digging elsewhere. You know what I mean? I think that's a smart decision. But it I didn't work out for me. It okay. didn't work out for me. So here's what you said in your plot. And you said as well before, if I get one thing right that isn't in a trailer, isn't in any promotional material, I'll be happy. So let's see oh, if you let's do see. that. Let's talk about how you open your plot. So your plot starts with a flashback. And I'm going to give you a point straight off the bat because mm. the movie does start with a flashback. But let's talk about your flashback. Okay. Your flashback is where we meet a younger version of Queen. And they never say Iduna. this. Yeah, Queen Aduna and King Agan, Agani, the parents of Elsa and Anna. I don't think that's how you say his name, but I don't know. know. So this is them pre-children. Pre-children? That's what you said, yeah. They haven't had... Uh, they haven't oh, had I see. I thought you Anna. meant they were pre-children, like they weren't children no. yet. Like they were just bumps in no, their mother's tummy. They j- haven't had kids yet. Okay, yep. And a mysterious Snow Witch. This is a character yep. you introduced to the so plot. So this is just me stealing the plot of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so this Snow Witch appears in their castle and demands to have their unborn daughter. or Their firstborn child, yeah. Their firstborn child, yeah. She's like a witcher. Otherwise, if they don't do this... She'll make their kingdom live in an eternal winter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really happen. No. The king and queen refuse in your plot. So the witch says that on the firstborn's 18th birthday, they'll become slaves to the ice witch. I'm not too sure why she didn't just put them in eternal winter like she said before, but I guess she's changed her mind. Um, it's just me not thinking about it. <laughs> but to ensure this happens, she casts a spell on the queen, which gives an explanation to, or a possible explanation to Elsa's ice powers. And also an explanation. I think it's less shaky than the actual explanation in the movie, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, and gives a reason to why the king and queen left at the start of the first movie. Yeah. So they're left to be slaves to the ice. Yeah. To this snow witch. To the ice queen. To the ice queen. Yeah. Like a lot of us are in relationships. So <laughs> slaves wow. to the ice queen. You know, wow. Wow. I'm not bitter. Where did that come from? I'm not bitter. Anyway. On to the Disney movie, okay. Kieran, which is all wholesome and happy vibes. We move three years from the events of the first movie. Anna and Kristoff are still not married. I'll give you two points for that because yep. they're not. There was no promotional material to indicate that they were or no. weren't. So you're right. Anna is excited to have the perfect wedding while Kristoff is having cold feet and he's not enjoying the royal life. Mm. Uh, not really. Well, he doesn't like wearing a suit. That's something that came up in the movie. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I give you half a point in a sec here because you said they'll have a song about this. And I give you half a point because there's a song that's kind of similar to yeah, so. his... They don't really explore their wedding at ap- all anymore. Apprehension, Christoph's apprehension or whatnot. But- yeah. This is something they don't go into in the movie beyond the actual proposal. Mm. Like the, the movie very much sort of focuses around Christoph's eventual proposal or his attempts at proposal. Doesn't really go into the wedding much at all. Not really, no. Well, you know, you've got to have something for the third movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, they're already married. By the end of the movie, they're married. They so, are, that's right. So that's they just right. glossed over that. So Elsa, in your plot, is having a dream about a land beyond Arendelle, her home, which I give you a point for, mm-hmm. because we see that in the trailer. That does happen. But in your plot, it's created by the Snow Witch. So the Snow Witch is giving her these dreams. Yeah. Elsa also starts to lose her powers. Now I'll give you half a point because this sort of happens, but it's more that the magic that she comes into contact with is stronger than her magic. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So her powers aren't sort of watered down at all in this movie. No. Her powers aren't defrosted. No, exactly. 
So she had she doesn't lose her powers. It's just nature is stronger. Yeah, I don't know something the like elements that. are stronger. So in your plot, Elsa communicates to everybody what's going on. Nope, that's actually <laughs> good a job, big, Elsa. That's actually a big plot point. And an old family friend and military advisor, Lieutenant Destin Matthias. Matthias. We called him Matthias in the original what episode, his but his name is Matthias. Matthias. So Matthias tells her about a curse. Tells her about the curse of the Snow Witch because he was there. And also the love expert troll was also aware of this. He was there at the time. And he tells Elsa that the Snow Witch can't have any children. So she wanted a child of noble birth, of noble blood yeah, to be None of this heir. is in the movie. None of this is in the movie. You haven't got points for a while. No. <laughs> so in your plot, Elsa goes by herself to free her slave parents who are presumably still alive. She tries no, there's to- There's hope. There's hope in my plot. There's hope. There's some hope. Yeah. She tries to run on water to get out to this faraway land, but her powers are too weak. We see this all in the trailer. Anna, Kristoff, Sven, Sven, and Olaf join her by boat, and they all sail together. I give you half a point because that is Elsa's intention to go by herself, yep. and the, the rest of the gang go, nope, we're going to go with yep. you. But Stop it- trying to do things by yourself, Elsa. It never works. Exactly. Why hasn't she learned that yet? Mm. But it doesn't quite happen the way- It's almost like they're just hitting the same beats from the first movie. (laughs) But it didn't quite happen the way it does in the movie. So they arrive in this strange land with many wacky magical creatures, including evil trolls. I give you a point for the evil trolls. They're there. Yeah, like rock golems, basically. Mm. Yeah, but we see that in the trailer. And the closer they get to their destination, the stronger Elsa's powers get. Now I'll give you half a point because Elsa's powers are getting stronger, but it's more in relation to her overall confidence. That's right. That's what I read from it, at least. So Her burdening sexuality (laughs) awakening, surely. So get ready, because this is your second best prediction of your plot. Okay. You ready for this? So Elsa abandons her friends at this point in the middle of the night. Yep. Which, yes, she does. standard for Elsa. Not wanting to put them in danger. Yes. And there will be an uplifting song about doing it for yourself, which won't be as good or popular as Let It Go. I give you two points. Two points. There's not just one song in the movie about that. There's two songs because we have Into the Unknown. Sorry, everybody, for my rendition. But we also have Show Yourself. And they both sound identical (laughs) to Let It Go. They sound very similar. They sound so similar. If you do something good, you know, just repeat it. But it's not as good as Let It do Go. Do what brought you People to the dance. People are still singing Let It Go. No one's singing Into the Unknown or Show Yourself. Got to do what brought you to the dance. So, yeah, I'll give you two points for that. Now, you said what- even, They even have a reference to Let It Go in the movie. They do. They do. And she listens to it and goes, oh, that sounds bad. I kind of liked that joke. <laughs> that gave me. A, that, that got me. So, anyway, while all this is happening, you said that back in the castle, we learned that Matthias has ulterior motives. Yep. He frees Hans- a character that we thought was going to appear in the movie yeah, because he, he was cast. So he frees Hans so from prison. So the only reason he was in the cast list is because he has a voice-only cameo just using dialogue from the first movie. Yeah. And so I- something they do throughout the movie, which kind of doesn't make sense, but it's a big plot device, is whenever Elsa freezes the air, there's like memory in the air somehow. Like there's water droplets in the air that retain memory well, of moments that happened at the- in that spot. Well, it's a huge thing that water has memory, right? Yeah, but how does that translate to like frozen beings appearing where they stood in the past? So she just happens to have to like freeze the air just in the right spot. Oh my God, Kieran. It's because water has memory. They told you that so many but times. What does that got to do with the air? Because it has memory. Okay. So Duh. Just, the same water droplets are just it's, lingering in the same it's place. It's science. Okay. <laughs> it's magic. Yeah, it's magic. That's just the explanation for everything in this movie. It's just magic. Go with it. One of my favorite lines, by the way, was when Elsa's like, no, magic doesn't do that. That's your fear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
And uh, I had a lot of fear in this movie, I'll tell you where that. Where were we? Oh, yeah. So Hans gets freed from prison and they've been, as in Matthias and Hans, have been working together the entire time to take control of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. okay. Does and not happen. How many happen. points did I get for that? You would be surprised because I give you half a point. Oh, yeah? For what? Now, you are completely wrong, but a similar thing does happen with the grandfather. Yeah, you're right. In a way. Yeah, And I'm being an very asshole. generous. Yeah. So we see in a flashback that the grandfather actually turns on the people of whatever tribe this is. Northolja. Yeah, those guys. So I I give you half a point because that's a kind of similar twist. You know, we think he's a good guy, but he... Yeah, but I feel that he's not a good guy. Well, I I don't know because he's... He just doesn't trust magic, right? But anyway, I just give you half a Well, point he goes that. really far because he kills a person and he builds a huge dam to sort of like weaken all their resources. Mm. So, so they, they rely on That's pretty on malicious. Him. Yeah, he's kind of taking over this land, right? He's, yeah, he right. wants to be king of this land. That's right. Whether he and thinks- he wants to weaken the forest so they don't have that same connection with the, with the spirits, with the magic. Mm. Yeah, so you could interpret it as a quest for control, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So in this point in your has pl- nothing to do with Matthias or Hans though. So. No, no. But I give you half a point anyway because it's close-ish, and you need them. You need yeah. the points. Oh boy! So Elsa meets the Snow Witch, and it is revealed that she's not actually a villain, but Elsa's biological mother. Yep, there we go. Just like in the movie. Oh wait. Don't so, you laugh? You do the same thing so, in your plot. Excuse me. Sorry. Let me just compose myself. So. She, she gave Elsa to the king and queen to protect her since yep. she can't control her ice powers Yep, yep. or give Elsa a normal life. So that's yep. very nice of her. So that means that Elsa and Anna are not sisters, which was a very popular part of Frozen 1, but actually cousins, I guess. Yeah. So they can have a relationship. No, wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> don't, don't. And back when this originally happens, the king and queen went to visit the Snow Witch. Yeah, to take her photos, of course. <laughs> I really didn't think this through. But, but got accidentally frozen. <laughs> yeah, because the Snow Queen can't control her powers. <laughs> and then we had a terrible joke about how like, oh, she plays them potential spoilers episodes. Like, what an awful fate worse than death. <laughs> that would be. It's just, they're frozen and they're forced to listen to our episodes just on I think loop. that would be great. So they're frozen. But luckily, Elsa and Anna, who I assume they've reunited at this point because you don't really address that, no. but I assume they're together, they know how to thaw her, their parents out. So yeah, they know how to solve them. Anna was frozen in the first movie. Exactly. And they fixed it. They have the power. Now, at this point, you said the curse is broken for the Ice Witch. What curse will you mean? <laughs> I don't know. You think I remember what I thought two years ago? Because uh, you said that she had she had powers that she couldn't control. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Snow powers, I suppose. But it, was that a curse on her? I, I guess. don't know. Whatever. So I, she- I guess the curse is broken, like the whole, like the curse that she set up at the start of the movie. You know what All I mean? Right, like the right. whole curse of like, oh, I have to have your firstborn child. Oh. Oh, okay. That yeah, sort of I nonsense. See what, I see what you mean. I see what it's you mean. It's still very shaky in though. Any, in any case, she can now control her ice powers. Happy days. Happy days. Okay. So it doesn't make any sense at all. This is just fucking stupid. But so don't beat yourself up too much because we're about to hit your best prediction oh, okay. of your whole plot. This has been abysmal so far. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yes. Because I said I said the other one was your second best. This is your best. Elsa stays with her mother and becomes queen of her own kingdom. Mm, interesting. While the rest of the gang return home, defeat Matthias and Hans to reclaim their kingdom. Let's just forget about that. Yeah. And I give you two points because each sister does end up ruling their own kingdom. Yeah, interestingly enough. So that was the best so prediction you made? Elsa doesn't really rule Northaldra. Well, yeah, she does. She, she kind of does, but she's she also rules the, the spiritual world. She right. becomes the leader of the spiritual world. So she's in charge of like the little fire salamander. She's in charge of Gale, the wind spirit. But she's in charge of that, horse. or she's working with that tribe. 
She's yeah, like a leader right. of that Because they're connected with the spiritual world. So, mm. of course, she becomes their natural ruler. In fact, they say to her, you belong here. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what indicates she, that? She has no experience with these guys. Yeah, no. we, but, you know, I guess she just belongs there just because she's magical. Yeah, I guess so. Well, technically, she has her roots, and so does Anna yep. as well. Or Anna, sorry, has her roots in that tribe as well because their mother, mother is, is, is from, from that, that tribe. tribe. But, yeah, that's very loose. So, now that their parents are back, they're unfrozen, they're alive. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> This means that Kristoff and Anna can go adventuring and get that all out of their system while they're young. Yep, adventuring, and, yep. Yeah, and then can return to be king and queen when they're older. No. <laughs> so where in this is the good prediction? Oh, the good prediction was you said that they each own their own kingdom. That's right. But that Technically was, speaking. That was your whole plot. Now, yeah. you Ooh. said in the episode, oh, and it man. was in your notes because you were kind enough to give me your show notes, it was just a line that said, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I am still sorry. That was awful. Like, I obviously didn't do the work at all. Like, I didn't even watch the trailer, I don't think. I was just thinking, like, relating to the first movie. So, with that. How badly did I do? I want to say congratulations. Wait, wait, wait. This sort of feels like when you, you know, when you, like, fall over and you really hurt yourself and you, like, go to someone else and say, how bad is it? I I don't want to look at the injury. How bad is it? You don't want to know? This is how it feels for me. Look. You're congratulating me. That's a good sign. Points are not everything, Kieran. It matters if you did your best. And I think I that's, didn't. that's what we need to take away from this. I didn't do my best. I did awfully. And I want to congratulate you first off because I didn't think you would get over 10 points and you did. <laughs> so congratulations, Kieran. Did I get 11 points? You got 11 and, <laughs> and a half points for your plot. I think that's the worst I've ever done. I think so. Oh, and I think it shows that like, I, I think that's really well deserved because uh, I just didn't try with this movie at all. I wasn't excited for this movie. Look, you said you weren't confident, but you said if I get something in the trailer, or sorry, something in the right. movie that's so I achieved not in my the trailer, goal. you achieved your goal. So I had a really low ball goal. And, and you I achieved, achieved it. it. All right. And baby steps count to, yes. I think this is an achievement. So let's go straight into what you thought, Matty D, after all that, after my abysmal failure there. Now, you went in going, I'm super confident. <laughs> I'm going to nail this plot. I feel very confident with this. And you started off by saying that. And then when you finished the plot, you said, I think I've nailed this movie. So let's see if so you did actually I nail, nail it. it. So first of all, you said that the movie will open with a song. And I gave you half a point because it actually opens with that chant from the first movie. The, hey, na, na, hey, oh, na, na, too. hey, na, na, hey, however it goes. Mm, not really a song, though. No. What a surprise. It doesn't actually open with a song. But you said that Anna will be singing a song while buying things in the market. <laughs> like Bonjour. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, exactly. I gave you half a point because she sings a song while passing through the market. And weirdly enough, the song is called Some Things Never Change, which I thought was apt for this movie because it was essentially just the songs were exactly the same from the first movie and the plot points were basically exactly the same as the first movie. So yeah, they were letting us know early in the movie. That was the first song in the movie too. This is what you're going to get. You said that we'd be introduced to our other main characters at this point as well during the song. I gave you a point for that because we sort of get introduced to our main characters throughout the course of the song. It's very gradual. So we're introduced to our characters basically one at a time. So when Anna finishes her song, she meets up with Olaf, who's like relaxing on a picnic blanket. Mm. And then we see Kristoff later on and Sven. But yeah, it's very sort of gradual. So I guess it kind of counts. I gave you a point because like you're on the right track and I think it's worth more than half a point. You said that Elsa will open her window to the happy city of Arendelle. I gave you a point because she's on a balcony overlooking the happy city of Arendelle. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. And you said that we'll see Elsa using her powers freely. I gave you two points for that because anytime she does use her powers in the movie, no one's upset by it, like in the first movie. So the first time we see her use her powers, she's sort of got her hands on the balcony railing. Someone comes up and startles her and her hands freeze and no one bats an eye. So I count that as being dead on the money. 
You said that Elsa is having trouble sleeping since she's hearing weird noises that startle and confuse her. Sounds like Usher is singing to her outside the window. I gave you a point for that because that's all in the trailer. And you said that when Elsa and the gang leave the castle, they see a mysterious purple spark that appears on the outskirts of town. Now, I gave you a point and a half for this because we see Elsa following a weird blue sparkle during a song. So, Uh. during the Into the Unknown song, we see her following a blue sparkle to the outskirts of town. And we briefly see the purple fire spirit during this song. So, I count that, you know, point and a half there. Cool. So, so far, I'm doing okay. You're doing okay. You're more on track than I was. You said that the purple spark appears as an aurora borealis. It doesn't at all. Mind you, there is a purple aurora borealis in the movie, but it's not related to... It's just a normal... It's just a regular aurora borealis. At this point, you said that Kristoff, who you called Christos throughout your entire (laughs) plot, I have no idea why, and Lieutenant Matthias, who, by the way, you called Captain Matthias, which is particularly amusing to me because anytime there's there's like a military man in a plot, they're always the captain to you. I don't know why. No matter what their military rank is, they're always captain. I like captains, I guess. Captain doesn't Planet. matter. I don't follow military hierarchy unless they're a captain. Unless they're a captain, then I then I'll listen to it. But otherwise, I'm anti anti hierarchy. Okay, fair enough. So you said that Lieutenant Matthias and Christos Christoph go to investigate the spark, and that Christoph goes up to the purple spark, which you said is kind of like a fairy, and it reacts badly to him and sets the nearby forest on fire. That's now, I right. Get, I did say that. Yeah. And I gave you half a point for that because the fire spirit does almost burn down the forest. That's probably as close as you're going to get mm. to the actual movie. But it doesn't really interact with anybody other no. than Elsa, right? That's right. Which is weird because I think that happened in the trailer. Anyway. Uh, I don't think so. I think they just sort of stitched together scenes to make it look a certain way, right. but it just wasn't that in the actual movie. You said that Elsa will use her ice powers to control the flames. I gave you two points for that because that does happen in the movie. All the way through it. Yeah. And you said that the town of Arendelle feels like it's under threat from an unknown force and all the population is scared. Again, two points because they're under threat from the elemental spirits who basically chase them out of the town and they have to evacuate. Yay. It's really important that they evacuate, by the way. Yeah. Wait, it isn't at all. That's that doesn't matter at all. I just I guess they just can't live there because like the ground is shaking and the wind is blowing people out and there's no fire or water. So they can't cook or drink anything. So yeah, so I like to imagine they didn't have any resources with them or anything. Like I think uh, Christoph gives them a blanket, like a single blanket, <laughs> one blanket, and that's all they have. So what are they doing up there? Like, do they have any food up there? Are the trolls looking after them? Maybe they're just ice fishing. You know, Elsa and the gang are gone for days. <laughs> so and they don't really link. Like they come back and they're just still standing there. In they that go same to that pot, guy's uh, YooHoo Big Summer Blowout Shop. Oh, I hope so. And he's all stuck. He wasn't even he, in the movie. He was in the movie. Oh. Oh, yeah, he was briefly in the background. Oh, no, he was one of the frozen memory people, wasn't he? Um, he's there several times in the movie. You see him, he just doesn't say, Yoo-hoo, big summer yeah. blow up, which, oh, which is, is very a, disappointing. Which is a shame. Just a huge disappointment all around. Anyway, back to your plot. You said that Anna will give a motivational speech to the townsfolk that their town is safe. Nope. <laughs> why <laughs> Why just... am I trying to make characters do things yeah. to give them something, give them some they personality? They leave this up to the rock trolls. <laughs> They're like, oh, can you look after the townsfolk while we're away, rock trolls? I don't even know if the townspeople even have a connection with the rock trolls or even know who they are. But well, like, they do now. We're such we're in such a hurry to leave and go on our quest that we're not even going to explain anything to our poor, terrified townsfolk. <laughs> yeah, that would be really traumatic, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like our leaders are now leaving and these... And, and these weird creatures are, like, now in charge. Yeah. You said that Elsa confides in Anna that she heard a strange and familiar noise before the attack. I actually gave you two points for that because she does at this point. And Anna sort of chews her out for being like, you're supposed to tell us these things. Haven't you learned anything from the first movie? So, yeah, two points there. 
You said that Olaf comes in and breaks the tension before they can actually discuss what the noise might actually be. Further, I gave you a point and a half for that because in the next scene, Olaf won't shut up about trivia while they're travelling towards the source of the noise. And also there's that scene where he recites the whole first movie. That's right. In a comedic way. Yeah, in front of the, the tribes trapped inside the fog. You said that during that night, Elsa is at home, by the way, at this point in your plot, so they're still in Arendelle at this point. She hears the strange sound again and sees another Aurora Borealis. I gave you half a point for this because she hears the sound again while they're traveling Mm. in the cart at night. And you said that Elsa sneaks out of the castle while everyone is still sleeping to follow the sound on her own. I gave you half a point again because she does abandon Anna later in the movie to follow the sound by herself. Again, hasn't learned anything from the first movie. You said that the sound will lead Elsa to the ocean where we see the scene from the trailer where she tries to freeze the waves and run along them. I gave you a point for that because, of course, it was in the trailer. And you said that the spirit of the water is too powerful for her and nearly drowns her. That's two points right there because that essentially happens in the movie. We don't see that in the trailer because the water horse appears and sort of like uses its hoofs to push her down to the bottom of the ocean. And you said that while she's underwater, Elsa sees a water horsey. Hey. And I gave you a point for that because it was in the trailer. Yes. You didn't didn't mention a water horsey. No, I didn't. It's like I didn't watch the trailer. (laughs) You said that Anna and Kristoff save Elsa from drowning and she wakes up in her bed. No, nothing like that happens at all. And you said that Elsa tells Anna what's happened and they decide to seek the wisdom of the rock trolls. I gave you a point because when the town is initially under harassment from the spirits, the rock trolls appear and they explain everything that's going on. My plot's spending a lot of time in Arendelle. Yes, it is. And the movie didn't. And I gave you a point for that because the rock trolls do turn up when the town is being harassed and they explain everything that's going on. Mm. And this was in the trailer. You said that the leader of the trolls tells Elsa that the sound is calling her to the north and she must travel there to stop all of the strange occurrences from continuing. Again, I gave you a point for that because that was in the trailer. And you said that the strange events occurring are related to Elsa's past. Ooh, that's pretty good. I gave you a point because, again, it was in the trailer. I love how smug you're saying it was in the trailer, but none of this was in your plot. No. Again, I didn't watch the trailer. (laughs) Um, I mean, I might have watched the teaser trailer, but that was about it. But yeah, you're doing a good job so far relating everything that was in the trailer to the movie. Uh, it's about to go off the wagon pretty soon, oh, so I'll just take you it. Wait. I'll take just it when I can wait. get it. So you said that our gang sets off together to head north. Again, that's a point because that was in the trailer. And you said that they leave Lieutenant Matthias in charge of Arendelle. Damn. Nope, that's not the case at all. You said that a huge cloud blocks their path and Elsa is able to disperse it. I gave you a point for that. And by the way, it's fog. Yeah. Well, well fog is technically a cloud on ground Same level. Thing. So, But yeah, that was in the trailer. And you said that the purple spark appears again, and it seems to like Elsa. Ooh, two points right there. Two points right there, because when Elsa fights the fire spirit, it does end up liking Elsa. In fact, it turns blue. Like, she's able to turn it into, like, a weird frozen version of the fire spirit for some reason that she can handle. Mm. Because when it's a fire spirit, when it's purple, she can't hold it. And then it turns blue, and she's able to hold it. And I guess it loses its fire powers, because the fire goes out whenever it turns blue. Didn't make much sense to me. Mm. I guess that's that whole kinship between Elsa and the spirit world. Like, she's supposed to, like, unite all the elements for some reason. And she, as a character, seems to be better at dealing with animals and nature than people. I think that's part of it, too. Yeah, I I agree with you there. You said that Kristoff will immediately attack the purple spark. That doesn't happen at all. And you said that the fire from the spark splits up our group. I gave you half a point for that because technically during the initial fight with the fire spirit, they are split up. And they sort of, Elsa has to step in and then save Anna and Kristoff and all that. So, yeah. I'm right about how they split up too. Yeah, I'm about to get to that. So, you said that Elsa ends up on her own and Kristoff and Sven end up together and Anna and Olaf end up together. Gave you a point for that because that was all in the trailer. 
It was. You said that we'll have some moments of shenanigans. I gave you a point for that because it's a Frozen movie. Uh, you said that we'll meet new characters along the way. I gave you a point for that because, of course, we see new characters in the trailer and it's a sequel. Of course, we're going to see new mm. characters unless they just do the same beats again. <laughs> and you said that a character is introduced just to be adorable and to sell plushy toys. The lizard. The lizard. I gave you two points for that because even though you didn't call it out specifically, the fire spirit, the little fire salamander is mm-hmm. specifically designed just to do that. And Absolutely. I did see... Toys. I did see plushies of that character when the movie came out, and not only were they selling the fire version, they were also selling the blue sort of like frozen version as well. Double that income. I I think I said towards the end of your plot that they can sell two versions of the same toy, and so that that completely relates back to that as well. That was completely on the money. Back to your plot. You said that they'll befriend an old witch, which allows for hilarious Yoda-style interactions. Uh, Not really. I mean, the closest thing you could say is the leader of the tribe. Yeah, but the leader of the Nothalja tribe is an old woman, but she's not really she's not really like funny or a Yoda figure at all, or eccentric or anything like that. And you said that the purple spark and the sound leads Elsa to a castle on a mountain. No, uh, that doesn't happen at all. No castles. No castle at all. That was something from the first movie. You said that there are giant rock monsters storming around the castle. I gave you half a point for that because there are rock monsters in the forest. We see it in the trailer Close as well. Enough, yeah. And you said that all the spirits and the sounds we've seen so far were designed specifically to lead Elsa to the castle. I actually gave you two points for yeah. that because everything- Replace is it with there. Glacier and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So everything there was orchestrated to lead Elsa to this point, and the whole reason that their parents were going there was to investigate why Elsa had powers, and then find out presumably that she's supposed to unite this whole world. That you know, that's why Elsa has so powers. So that's in the first why place. they went. Yeah, that's right. Okay. They don't really explain this in the movie, but I sort of put two and two together. Right. Because there's a scene where Elsa and Anna find the shipwreck, and Elsa sort of goes, "Oh, this is all my fault." And then I was like, "Why is it your fault?" And I was like, "Oh." They're going to the glacier to find out the secret of why Elsa has these powers in the first place. Uh But it also doesn't explain why Elsa's mother's voice is calling her because... Is that Elsa's mother's voice? Yeah, it's supposed to be Elsa's mother's voice. And it doesn't make much sense because... Oh, I know. I can fix this. Because she called originally back then and the water trapped her voice. But they didn't make it to the glacier. And it lives, you know, on... But why? She, she, they didn't even make it to the glacier. Uh, because water has memory. So did water just from their, their shipwreck just like travel over to the glacier and then create that sort of world there? Yes. Okay. Fair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually it's magic. know. It's magic. I don't actually know. It's magic. Don't think about it too much. It's just don't magic. Don't think A wizard about it too it. much. You said that inside the castle will meet the main antagonist, who is Freya, the Norse god Freya. Okay, so this is where I'm actually who... just pulling things out of thin air. That's right. I got this because... Elsa's mother is a Norse god. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. So I thought that that was a clever... I thought I was being clever. Yeah. Obviously... Did it pay off? No. It did not pay off at all. You said that Freya has the power of autumn. <laughs> the best what power. What would that be? Um, she can make leaves appear. I guess I was you thinking... You said that she had, like, the power of wind and fire, oh, I think I think fire and earth. Oh, that's right? it. Sorry, yeah, fire and earth. Which that's I don't know how that relates to autumn, and I don't know what you would do with the spring and summer deity, no. but... You said that they'd say that for the sequels, but no. In actuality, the spirits sort of cover all of this. They, they, you know, they have fire, earth, wind. And well, I mean, it made sense. I mean, if you got Elsa, who's a water Elsa, who is like a um, like ice person, yeah. Then maybe there's somebody who is the autumn equivalent or whatever. You know? Yeah, but she's not really winter. She's not like a, a winter being. She's just ice. Yeah. So she's ice all year round. Well, she can make snow, but yeah, yeah. you you are right. But I was that's my mindset going into this. I was like, oh. That could be interesting. So your whole reasoning behind this was that you said Iduna, who is Anna and Elsa's mother, is the Norse god of winter. 
Is that accurate? Do you think that's accurate? I did. I did research, and off memory, it you was must accurate. have done very good research because Iduna is a Norse goddess, but she's the goddess of apples and youth, <laughs> not the goddess of winter at all. I don't know where you got that from. Really? Yes, <laughs> she's actually the goddess of apples. <laughs> apples, Manny D. <laughs> not winter at all. <laughs> now, at this point, I said that. Oh, no, I said that. Really? Yes. <laughs> I said that Freya has a bow and arrow. That's not accurate at all. Freya actually has a spear. Oh, well. For like hunting It doesn't apples, really matter. It's a character that doesn't exist in the movie. No, exactly. By the way, while we're on things that I got wrong, Frozen came out 2013. Tangled came out 2010. I was not correct that yeah, they, they came out the same, same year. year. Yeah, exactly. Now, you said that Freya reveals herself as Elsa's aunt. That's not the case at all. Freya doesn't exist. Nope. And you said that Freya wanted to lock Elsa away when she was born in order to harness her power. I didn't understand this at all. So, my thinking was is that she wanted to keep Elsa with her so that they could she could like help her become more of a powerful being. Right. Okay. But also didn't trust the outside world with her. Yeah, that's right. But then So the- you said that Freya is sort of like the character that Elsa could have become, mm. but because Elsa has love and friends that she didn't become this exactly, character. Exactly, exactly. And Elsa's parents are like, "No, she needs to have a normal life and she needs to embrace who she is. She shouldn't be locked away and controlled." Yeah. But that doesn't happen in the movie. No, at all. it doesn't. And not. there's nothing similar at all. Not in the at movie. all. You said that the rest of the gang will turn up to save Elsa from Freya. Of course, that doesn't happen. You said that Olaf befriends the rock monsters who turn out to be childlike and innocent. Nope, nothing similar to that. Nothing happens really at all. happens. There's no payoff with the rock monsters. Nope, they're, they're there isn't really at cool. all. They're only there to destroy the dam at the end of the movie. That's yeah. it. You said that Freya shoots fire at Kristoff, but Anna jumps in the way to protect him, just copying beats from the first movie. Why not? And Anna appears to die. I said that she like painfully burns to death, <laughs> which would be fantastic, but that doesn't happen. And you said that Freya feels bad and heals her. Oh, I didn't yeah. mean to do that. I'm just well, going to heal you. She's she's not a bad person. She's just misguided. Yeah, exactly. No one's a bad person yeah. in these movies. Doesn't happen in the movies. Except though. for Hans and Matthias, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. You said that they all return back to Arendelle with Freya, who gets a second chance at being part of the family. Nope. And Anna and Kristoff get a fantastical wedding. I gave you half a point because in the actual movie, Kristoff finally proposes, but we don't actually see the wedding at all. Mm-hmm. And you said that if Hans appears in the movie, you didn't work him into your plot at all correctly. So he'll be trying to get back with Anna. Of course, that doesn't happen. He's no. just there as a voice only cameo, as I, we said. I remember in my original plot, I didn't even realize he was in this movie. And I well, should have just went with that instinct. Yeah, he wasn't at all. Because you, you said he was, and that just threw me off. I was That's like, just oh my because God. he was in the cast list. He's got to be in this now. And I think that really hurt my plot too, because I really did focus on him a lot. And you said that Matthias turns out to be a good guy throughout the movie after all. And I gave you a bonus two points for that. Thank you, sir. he isn't a villain at all in the movie. Sure, he's working for technically the villain of the movie. There's no villain in this movie. He's a pretty nice guy. But yeah, he is a nice guy after all. and becomes like a likable character later on. And so that was everything that you said in the plot. How do you think you did? I I didn't mention the parents at all. I can't remember. Did I mention the parents? No, No. you didn't mention them at all. You said they were dead in in your plot, which is correct. Well, like, obviously, I didn't get the plot of the movie, obviously. Um, you did well at the start. I did well at the start. You sort of got the gist of it. I kind of thought some of my ideas would have made a really good Frozen 2 yeah. movie, just personally speaking, to pat myself on the back. I think I did okay, but not great. 20s? Yeah. Okay. 30s? So, I think you did actually better than you were predicting, because you got a total of 38 points. Hey, nice. You completely steamrolled me. Yeah, but, like, who's competing, really? You know? Us. Does it really matter? I mean, it does for this one because I beat you. There we go. So, that was how we did in Frozen 2. You did all right, mainly just because you nailed the first half of the movie pretty much. I mean, neither of us were really close if we really think about it. Not really, no. You paid way more attention to the trailer. You got a lot more nuances than I did. 
because obviously I just didn't try at all. Yeah, and one. I think I watched the movie. I know you watched the original movie for this episode, but maybe because the original I, episode. Yeah, yeah, maybe because I watched it when it came out or around when it came out. Maybe that gave me some advantage. Maybe yeah. I had my finger on the frozen pulse. I remember saying in that original episode that I wasn't expecting the plot for the original frozen movie to be what it actually was. Mm. Like I was expecting something else. I was yeah. expecting something better. But uh, yeah, so I was really thrown off by the world of the movie and sort of just like the vibe of the movie. So and I, maybe because you had, no had that expectation. Yeah, and exactly. I kind of had the expectation of the, the feeling of the original movie to go off. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's it. But. So should we talk about, before we wrap it up, should we, we talk about- Can I just say, okay, go neither ahead. of us would have ever gotten what the plot of this movie no, was going to be. not in a million years. There was years. never going to be a way that we'd nail this. One of the major criticisms of this movie from the critics, because this movie obviously didn't do as well critically as the first movie. Audiences also <laughs> didn't like it as much as the first movie Made either. more money, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. But one of the major criticisms from the critics is that the plot really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And so, should we discuss it? Should we discuss our thoughts and feelings on Frozen 2 let's, right now? Let's break some hearts. If you have uh, young people listening who love Frozen. Why? Um, yeah, why? We, we have potty mouths. Why Why have, why have you let them... Li- you Bad parenting there, making them listen all the way through to this. Nah, keep doing it. It's great for our numbers. But maybe maybe pause. Maybe stop the recording there. I know okay. this man next to me is going to explode soon. So just so let's yeah. Well, you're, you have been warned. Let's talk about our feelings of this movie. Right. So we've already given away in an earlier episode that we think that this is one of the most forgettable movies that we've covered. But yeah, I really want to know what your actual thoughts are, having had to revisit the movie. Sure, great movie. Yeah. Uh. Well, look, I'm not the target demographic for this movie. Who I, is? I know. Well, kids, kids and parents. Okay. So I I get that. And you're neither of those things. I'm neither of those things. So did I enjoy this movie? It was kind of a slog to get wow. through. Um, this is the guy who said he loved Charlie's Angels and he loved Sonic the Hedgehog. And he's going, it's, this movie's a slog it, to get it through. It is. It was. It was. But I will say as a visual thing, it was very, very beautiful. A lot yeah, of, it was a well lot animated. Of, a lot of heart went into- Good scenery. The, the actual presentation of it, what it, how it looks. And I can tell that it would have been a hit with their target demographic. Yeah. Because giving them everything that apparently, they according to you, parents and children. Mainly children, but... Do you think little boys will like this movie? Yes, sure, sure. So if Matty D was five years old and someone was taking him to the cinemas, would you rather watch this or would you rather watch, say, Aladdin, Reliant King, Pocahontas? I don't know. I probably would have sat through it and enjoyed it at a, as a five-year-old. It probably wouldn't have been. Have it. Would it probably wouldn't have been my favourite movie. Because this is my main argument. You say that you're not the target demographic for this movie. Would you say that Aladdin holds up today? Would you say that Pocahontas holds up today? Would you say that The Lion King holds up today? Mm. But this movie didn't really connect with you? No. See, okay. So we might be looking with rose-tinted glasses on those other movies. Maybe. But again, I I say I like watched Tangled and I thought that was a better movie than both Frozen 1 and I've seen Tangled as well and I I agree with you. So I don't want to like- I think that says a lot. I don't want to step on anyone's toes because I know people do like this franchise and like both movies, but- as a plot, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened. Well, let's just say it wasn't a good movie. I would have liked if they did something with it. I would have liked if they like explored things more, if they challenged, did something. But essentially, this movie is, they went into a forest. This is a movie created left through obligation, Matty D. Exactly. It was created through obligation, so it was never aspiring to be anything creative. All I could see is just dollar signs everywhere. Yeah, it's just absolutely. like, this is done to make money, this is done to make money, this is done to make money. So... 
I mean, you know, if you like hitting the same beats of the first movie, it's not doing anything new. If you like, if you like, I know a musical movie is a musical movie, but even even that sometimes can have more heart than this did, in my opinion. So no, I didn't enjoy it. But and even now, I can't even remember parts about the movie. It was so forgettable. You only watched it this morning. I watched it last night. Oh, okay. Now I know you have strong feelings, so let it out of your system. So let it go. Let it go. So I was very cold towards this movie. No pun, pun intended. intended. No pun intended. So I really have no strong feelings towards this movie whatsoever. It just it's just sort of there. It exists and it's just it's just really sort of it's, a it nothing. It was fine for what it was, yeah. Like I like I said I got misty-eyed at one moment when I was in the cinemas, but the rest of my cinema going experience was a painful one. Like I absolutely hated sitting through this movie. I found it really boring. Nothing connected with me at all. And like I said, there's tons of other Disney movies. There has been tons of other Disney movies in the past that have really connected with me, that I've really enjoyed. Even as an adult, I still enjoy going back and revisiting them just because they've got a lot of heart and they were sort of made, I, I guess you could say they were made with love and not with dollar signs in mind. But I guess when you really sort of force out a plot that doesn't really need to exist, that's what you're going to get because that's what, we've already discussed this, but that's what this movie really feels like. It's just like, oh, we're obligated to make a Frozen 2. So yeah, yeah. we made so much money off this. We want to get the same so, amount of, we want to make money back. We want to get more money. Let's hit the same plot points. Let's mm. not do anything new. Let's do the same songs again. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Because I disagree with this, but a lot of the popularity of the first Frozen movie was supposedly it went against the trend. Yeah. I don't think it did, but Which, a lot of people... Yeah. We said in that original episode that we did that we couldn't see that yeah. element of the movie at all. I think people were just reading too much in the movie, Sure, to be sure. But if that's what made the movie popular, why wouldn't they try to do that again instead of just doing the same thing? Well, some people feel that they did. We'll talk about that in a moment. Right. But some of the gripes that I had with the movie, I just want to get out of the way. Share. So, Olaf spends a large part of the movie talking about you know, his own mortality, how everything has to end. And is that was any, cool. I like that. Is there that. anything in the world that really stands the test of time? Is there anything that is permanent? Sure, that's a great sentiment. And then when they killed off Olaf in the movie, when he when Elsa got frozen and then all of her powers sort of dissipated, including Olaf, because he's he only exists through Elsa's power. When he died, I was just like, wow, that's actually a really good message. Wow, that's really cool. They like they set it up at the start. He dies, everyone learns a lesson about death and, you know, how nothing's permanent. But when they brought him back, I thought that cheapened- Are you telling me that you didn't see that they were going to bring him back? No, I didn't see that they were going to bring him back. I I thought it would have been fantastic. I thought it would have been a really bold move to kill off Olaf in this movie. And when they did it, I was like, wow, that's really, that's a really brave move for these filmmakers. I was like, wow, this, you know, this movie's actually doing stuff that I wasn't expecting it to do. But when they brought him back- Avengers Endgame style and we learn nothing about death at all I was just like wow that's really cheap that just really like they're just like oh remember this message that we were trying to set up at the start of the movie forget about it forget about it if you know if your poor little dog dies if your cat gets run over in the street don't worry about it it'll just come back the next day like it's pet cemetery or something like that mm-hmm. so I just thought it cheapened that whole message if uh, if your town is only existing because that's what I was just about to say it's not getting water that's okay we can fix that too so the whole damn plotline the whole damn plotline. The damn, damn plotline. So, we didn't really go into this because none of us because none of us really explored this We didn't this predict plot. this. So we didn't know there was going to be a damn. The whole, the whole reason, basically, that the plot exists is because Elsa and Anna's grandfather built a dam basically to choke the supplies of the Northolder tribe so that they'll have to turn to him for resources and, you know, essentially become part of his kingdom against their will. Typical colonialist stuff. So, essentially, in this movie... The whole reason that Arendelle exists and is a, a place of power is because of these malicious things that the former king did. 
One of the things that happens in the movie, and again, when I was sitting in the cinema, I sort of sat up in my seat and was like, oh, that's really creative. One of the things that happens in the movie is Anna realizes that she has to destroy the dam and she convinces the soldiers who, from Arendelle who were trapped in the fog, look, this is the right thing to do. We have to destroy the dam. Sure, that means that our home is going to be destroyed. But look, earlier in the movie, we've already set up that the townsfolk aren't there. They've had to evacuate. No one's going to die. No one's going to die. The town's going to be wiped out, but it's the right thing and to what, do. And what is, what's more important? The people or the actual physical town? Yes, exactly. Could you imagine that if the town got wiped out and the people worked together with the tribe and they rebuilt and you can society see, you can see like the in a way that everybody prospers? You can see the hesitation in everybody's face when they're like, they realize the, the consequences of destroying the dam. They're like, all right, it's the right thing to do. We need to do this to save everybody. The town's going to be wiped out. But then- Super Elsa comes. What happens is the, the tidal wave's coming. The town's going to be wiped out. The townsfolk are safely up out of the way. They're not going to be hurt. But then, of course, Elsa swoops in at the last minute, freezes the huge tidal wave, and completely saves the town. I'm like, what's the fucking point? What was the fucking point of the whole movie if that's the case then? Sure, the dam's not there anymore and the, you know, the North Aldra tribe can live in peace and the, the spirits can you know, thrive again in the forest. But what happened to the whole pathos of like, the town you know, having to sacrifice the town for the right thing? Like, it doesn't matter at all. Like no. the king won in the end. Yeah, I guess he did. I guess he did. I guess you could say that it was the balance of all the the nature elements. If, if Elsa's the fifth element or whatever element she's supposed to be. It would have made for a great moment if they had to sacrifice their hometown in order to bring everybody together. But no, the, the town was saved. They didn't learn anything. Nobody learned anything. The message was completely just sort of like, eh, don't worry about that. Yeah. The same as- What the same in a way as, uh, the message was. Yeah, absolutely. The same as Olaf dying and coming back again. It, it's just, oh, there might've been a message there, but don't worry about it. We're making a children's movie. I bet there was an original script where those kind of things were happening. And then some producer came along yeah. and were like, absolutely yeah. not. You're not killing Olive. We need to sell Olive plushies. Absolutely not. You're not ruining Arendelle. We yep. need to think about these dollars. We have to think about sequels where they live there. Yeah. We don't want anyone to be upset. We don't want anyone to feel emotions in the cinema. Status quo restored. Yeah. No, it's just it's just really lazy and annoying how they did all this. But what is this movie really for? This movie is for you take your kids to it. They'll love all the songs. So, they'll love all the characters. They'll love all the so visuals. So they're not making a movie for everybody. They're, ma- they're really limiting their audience, but they don't really give a shit at the end of the day because they're going to the make movie, money. Yeah, it's the movie you're going to play You know, on a Sunday. You're going to go into yeah. Disney+. Plus. You're going to play it in the background. It's fluff. And so it's never going to be a great movie because it's just fluff. And that's okay. That's fine. I guess that's fine. If that's what movies are going to be... You can't expect Frozen 2 to be Citizen Kane. I, I suppose so. But if this is what movies are being held up to be, then why fucking make movies then? Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> that's so sad. Another gripe I have, by the way, is... Tell me. Why doesn't the mum explain to the dad, you know, Elsa's mum and dad, why doesn't Queen Aduna explain that she was from the tribe and that she saved the dad? Does she not remember this? Well, there's Because a- he's like, I wish I knew who saved me on that fateful day. She never explains that she was the one who saved him. Like, she's just keeping him in the dark. Yeah, I guess. And then she might have realized that the whole reason that Elsa and Anna exist is because of, you know, this whole connection between the two tribes. If they, if she just explained this to the dead, they wouldn't have died. <laughs> What's the point of that? Yeah, I don't know. Because she would have worked that out, right? Because Elsa has snow powers, so she'd be like, hey, hang on a second. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why? Why? Why is she keeping him in the dark? She clearly knows where she's from. Or like I said, did she forget? Did she like hit her head and, and forget? They don't explain this at all. Mm. The dad clearly says, oh, I don't know who saved me that day, but I wish I knew. And the mum's sitting right there. Does, she doesn't speak up at all. Yeah. Does she feel like she's going to die if they if she gets found out? But at the same time, like there's no explanation as to where she came from if we're to believe that she caught the wagon back with the king. Yeah. It doesn't make so. any sense at all. 
and presumably they would have had to have made their way back to civilization themselves because mm-hmm. they were the only people to make it out of the fog. Yes. Doesn't make any sense at all. No, when you pull it apart like that, it doesn't. And uh, the one thing that everyone was talking about in this movie, one thing that a lot of people got yeah, really let's, excited about. Yeah, let's talk about, about this. You know what I'm going to mention right here. So, a lot of people felt vindicated in this movie because we discussed this at length in our first episode. A lot of people felt vindicated in Elsa's sexuality in this movie because Elsa has a scene. Two scenes, sorry. She has two scenes in the movie. And the whole total runtime of these two scenes amounts to less than two minutes in the actual movie. But people say, oh, Elsa's definitely a lesbian because she had a conversation with another woman who wasn't her sister. Yes. you remember this scene in particular? I do. So in the North Aldra tribe, there's just a random woman who Elsa's just sitting with and they have a conversation and people are like, that's it. That's the proof that she's a lesbian. She had a scene with another woman. But then they have this scene with the same character having like a playful, touchy-feely moment with another, like a, the male the guy, of the tribe. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is typical At the Disney. end of the movie, at the end of the movie, they show that she's clearly like, she may be in a relationship with, what was the guy's name? Oh, who knows? The moose guy. Ryder, that was it. His name was Ryder. Was his name Ryder? Yeah, his name was Ryder. They put this scene in the movie to make it look like they were doing something that they're obviously not doing. It's so subtle that you might have missed it. But then they also want enough room to back away from it to say that they're not projecting that message in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So this is typical Disney playing both sides here. And they did nothing, though. They did nothing. They had a conversation and it was less than two minutes in total. And yeah, they, they might have connected in some way because they both knew the same song, the they're, same lullaby. They're never going to... Disney's never going to go in this direction. Disney always fronts like they're really progressive. They're never going to do people it. always laud them as being progressive, but in, they're never progressive. In 30, 40 years when, you know, the world has moved on and this is just normal real commonplace. I mean, it's made. normal commonplace now, but, you know, in 30, 40 years, then Disney will start like having open yeah. uh, homosexuals in their, in their movie. Maybe, yeah. And then they'll be like, yeah, we did it back in Frozen 2. No, you we didn't. did it back in Avengers Endgame. No, you didn't. Remember New Mutants? That was our movie. There was like an openly That's gay true. character in that. That's true. Now that was Fox. Oh yeah. That, I was <laughs> like, did Disney didn't do that. Disney bought New Mutants. Oh, okay, so now they can made, say so, that yeah. they did it. Yeah. No, Disney's not going to do that. No. So Which, yeah, that that really kind of annoyed me. That fence sitting really annoys me too. Yes. You know, if you want to, it goes back to what we said in that original episode. If this is what you want from the movie, and if you can see that in the movie, good for you. If that's what you want, if that makes you happy, that's great. But I don't think it's actually there. And I don't think the movie should be celebrated for its attempt because it's not doing anything. Well, I think it it, it all happened accidentally, right? They yes. they focused on one love story for Anna and Kristoff and just didn't have the room to put a love story in for Elsa yeah. or focus on it. And then people read into that what they read into. And now they're just like, well, if we don't say anything... Well, the writer doesn't then even want to comment on it. Well, yeah, of course not. Because they win. If yeah. they don't comment on it, then they get the good publicity. Yeah. But also they don't get the backlash. So. Yeah. Which we spoke about all in the original and episode. And if you think that's progression, then what's wrong with you? This is terrible. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, baby steps, I suppose. And like I said, they're not even making baby steps. It's like, if you can see it, then it's baby steps. But it's entirely subjective. Is Elsa gay? Is Elsa like one of the first uh, gay female animated, you know, Disney like princesses? We won't say. Yeah, that's maybe. real progressive. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. So, obviously, yeah, I wasn't a fan of this movie. I don't think you were a fan of this movie. That's really what we're going to say really. at the end of the but day. But I think i got to say the movie was fine for what it was. Yeah, for what it was. Fine. It was fine. And if you enjoyed it, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to hear if people enjoyed it. And what did you enjoy about it? Did you like it better than the first movie? Yeah, I'd like to hear if anyone liked it better from, than the first movie, because I do think the first movie is a better movie overall. Yeah. I would agree with you there. I want to hear people's opinions who really liked it. What what have we got wrong about the whole message of the movie? What do you think of our plots? That's what I want to know as well. 
Did I actually do better than Matty D in your opinion? If we filmed this version of Frozen 2, Kieran's version or my version... Might have been a better movie. But yeah. Would it have been a better movie? Probably. How'd you like my singing? Oh, <laughs> Should I go maybe, in? Maybe don't tell Matty D that part. <laughs> so you can let us know. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Potentialspoilerspod is all one word. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site, or you can find us on social media through Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Now, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. And you're going to be excited, Matty D, because it's time again to do one of our special episodes. Yeah. So if you think, uh, how dare these guys, how dare these guys try to predict Frozen, they couldn't write a better movie if they tried. If you're thinking that right now, well, here is your chance to come and laugh at us because next week we're doing a- No, to be impressed by us. To be impressed by us. Yeah. Or laugh at us. Either way, we'll see. Next week, we're doing a special episode, which we like to do every once in a while. So essentially, Kieran's got a list of potential movies and they're categorized into remake, what do we got? Reboot, sequel, prequel, spin-off, or adaptation. And with the roll of a dice, we're going to pick a movie, a concept to write a movie about and cast a movie about. That's absolutely correct. So Matty D is going to roll the dice this week. So he's going to roll the dice twice. So the first time he rolls the dice, he's going to decide essentially what category our movie falls into. So as he said, remake, reboot, sequel, prequel, spin-off, or adaptation. That should all be pretty clear what those are. And then with the second roll of the dice, we've got a list of 60 or so movies. We're going to find out what exactly we're going to be sequeling, remaking, rebooting, adapting, etc., etc. So you're all ready to roll that dice, Matty D? I am. I've been let's rolling see. at this entire explanation. Yeah, let's see what category we're going to get. Number four. What's number four? Number four is a prequel. We've done a few of these, right? We've done a few prequels at this point, but I'm always excited to do prequels. We get to explore what happened before the events of a well-known movie. Let's find out what we're going to do. You're already rolling it. I got number four. What is number four? Number four. Your face oh just God. your face just shows your face tells a story there. What what's wow. number four? Oh, this is gonna be something. There's certainly gonna be something. Number four, we're gonna be doing a prequel to the musical, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. How? How? Yeah, exactly. How? How on earth are we gonna do that? Why do we set these challenges for ourselves? Oh my god. Now there's a sequel. Of course, Rocky Horror Picture Show has a little known sequel called Shock Treatment. Yeah. One of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. But could you imagine what would happen in a Rocky Horror Picture Show prequel? I guess they're in I certainly can't. Planet Don't spoil anything. Transvestite. We're gonna have we're gonna have to come up with something by next week. Oh wow. Are we gonna have to come up with songs too? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, mu- oh. the musical train just keeps on coming. Yeah. If we can do better songs than Frozen 2, I think that's just a victory right there. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I'm actually really excited now. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is going to be a challenge. So, I think wow. I've got an idea already. If you have any ideas of what's going to happen in a Rocky Horror Picture Show prequel... If you're a fan of Rocky Horror... Please let us know. I think we need all the ideas we can get. But yeah, so please join us next week. I think this is going to be a good one. The origin story of Frankenfurt. Oh, don't spoil anything. Yeah, please join us next week when we're going to explore what we think is going to happen in a Rocky Horror prequel. That's right. That's right. And as far as Frozen and the Frozen saga is concerned, we're just going to let it go.